everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Metrosite, a podcast from Metrogy. I'm Beth Schultz, uh, Metrogy's Vice President of, of Research and Principal Analyst. And I am Diane, Diane Myers. I'm Metrogy's Principal Analyst, uh, responsible for all of our market forecasting and vendor rankings. And we are here to actually talk about one of the, the vendor ranking reports today, So, um, which is all part of our annual Metrocast service where we do a deep dive on different um, technology categories um, across customer experience and workplace collaboration. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the report we published right at the end of the year. Um, we got it out right, you know, right before yeah, the break. Yeah, we snuck it in there. Yeah, we <laughs> snuck it in there. <laughs> but, um, but I'm really excited for this report, and it's our 2023 our CPAS Rank report. Um, it's a third uh, vendor ranking report we did this year, uh, or I guess at, at the end of 2023, uh, following C- CCAS and, and UCAS. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a market that I don't think it gets – as much attention, right? I mean, a lot of people talk about CCAS and UCAS, and that, that's always what, you know, people are interested in. But there's a lot, I, th- I think there's actually much more uh, interesting kind of vendor dynamics, right, in the the, the CPAS market. Um, so, um, so, Beth, why don't we start off by actually letting the audience know what we really mean by CPAS and, and how we define that? Yeah, I mean, CPAS has been one of those those technology concepts that's been around for quite a long time, but a lot of people don't, you know, it took a long time to come to terms with what it really, what it is and what it allows. And and often now it gets wrapped into particularly CCAS, so it's a little hard to separate the two sometimes even. Um, but in terms of how Metrogy looks at it, um, we think about CPAS as a development platform or increasingly now a low-code, no-code solution. And and um, the whole purpose is to kind of bring in communications functions via API, so programmatically, um, into your workflows or your other applications. Um, you know, simple examples are your SMS messaging and your click-to-call. Um, for doing things like appointment scheduling or, you know, t- chatting with your Uber driver or whatever it might be. Um, but increasingly, uh, you know, as, as companies advance, uh, as vendors advance, um, we're seeing the introduction of advanced functionality via API, especially things around analytics in AI. Um, and then um, using APIs, we can also do a lot of customized integrations um, or automations into our particularly particularly our customer engagement um, workflows. And then I would also just add that, you know, CPaaS platforms, they have to be very flexible. Um, they have to be capable of scaling um, to, you know, really millions or maybe even billions of interactions, particularly when you're talking about messaging, um, you know, while also um, today being able to support really customized customer engagement that customers, that companies are wanting to do. Yeah, so for me, um, I think it's good to before we start delving into you know the the companies that made up our Metro Rank, to kind of talk about um the statistics around like the market size and 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 where we see the market going in the adoption trends for for CPAS. So part of our study is a global survey, um, and we talk uh, you know we delved into CPAS within our customer experience study um, for for twenty twenty three, and we're going to be updating that here in, in twenty twenty four, where we had almost seventeen hundred uh, companies uh, globally, um, North America, Europe, um, Asia Pacific, 
And um, yes, right. So we found out that as of, you know, this was almost a year ago, right? So this is in early 2023, 38, a little over 38% of our respondents were actually using CPAS, right? Within their, uh, as a application within their customer experience portfolio. So, you know, a little bit more than a third and then another third, right, almost 33% had plans to adopt it by the end of 2024. We'll see, right, because we're going to be launching the, the next survey here soon. We'll see how that, that played out, right? So so where we went from that 38.5% up to, you know, did, you know, did we hit 60, you know, 70%, um, you know, throughout 2024? We'll see where we are at that. Um, and then another, you know, 12, 13% were evaluating it above and beyond companies who were looking to adopt it in 2024. So, so good adoption, more than a third, and then, you know, another third um, looking to, um, you know, had plans to adopt it last year. So that's, so that's a really good size of a user base. And I will say, you know, the other piece is that we do forecast the market. Um, we forecast it by, by geography, by the four major geographies and, and by company size. And CPAS had a really great year in 2022 and, and, and it was looking great, you know, as we were looking through mid-year of 2023, I mean, that it wasn't, you know, it didn't, it, in 2022, the market grew 28% year over year, um, you know, will not be 28% in 2023, right. Based on looking at how some of the big publicly traded companies were, were trending, but still really good growth. Um, we are expecting, uh, you know, we did forecast a 12% compounded annual growth rate from 2022 um, out to 2027, so it's a five-year CAGR for it to reach 16.1 billion dollars by 2027. So it's a this is a substantial and important market, right? But it is also very it is also highly competitive. Um, there are a lot of providers. Some of them are global. Some of them are regional. Um, but we are finding and we are seeing, right? So lots of you know continued mergers and acquisition, right? As a lot of the companies, um, large, you know, varying companies try to get into the space and, and try to have this as part of their offering. And also just as some of the smaller pure plays, you know, need the scale and the, um, you know, the, the R&D capabilities of larger companies. So, you know, continued M&A in that regard. So, um, so Beth, why don't, um, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about the methodology or do you want me to, to kind of delve into that methodology piece of this? Well, Diane, you are the master of my, we did work on this report together, but you are the master of, of yeah. the Metricast methodology. So why don't you um, go yeah. ahead and explain that uh, yeah. to our listeners? Yeah, let me just at a really high level. So for people who have not listened, you know, Beth and I did a podcast or one of these um, uh, for the UCAS and the CCAS reports and the methodology across all of our Metro ranks is very consistent. Okay, so I just want to level set that to get into the report and to, you know, to, for us to delve in into more detail, um, we determine the top 10 based on market share. And in this case, it's revenue market share, right? Because the APIs are taking from, you know, lots of different um, pieces, right? They can be messaging, they can be voice, they can be email, they can be lots of different pieces. So we use revenue as the, um, the market share piece, the component. And then after that, we look at financial strength. We have um, a handful of financial metrics that we use that we that we look across the board in, in in whole to figure out financial strength. We look at the product mix, right? So it's it's just a checklist, right? It's like, do you have this? Do you not? Do you have this? Do you not? And then that creates a score. Um, we have two um, uh, customer related categories: customer sentiment and customer business success. That is taken from our, our study data, from our survey. So customers of each of the individual companies, 
um, how they rank the companies in terms of are they doing, you know, are, are they, you know, on the customer sentiment side, it's, you know, are, are they doing what they, you know, the customers want them to do, right? Are they, are they succeeding in, in innovation and, and in the product set and in their own customer service, right? And, and how are they succeeding um, in business, you know, in, by using these various technologies? Um, and then the last category is market momentum. And that's really, you know, are you growing market share? Are you or, or declining in your market share? And how are you doing that relative to the rest of the providers, right? So it's, you know, are you growing faster? Or are you growing slower than the market? Um, if you're growing faster, then you're, you're going to have a little bit of higher score. So let me, um, I think the best way to do this is we're going to take the top five and, um, and we're, we're going to discuss each one and I'll start off. And, um, and then we'll, we'll have Beth, um, you know, but Beth, you can, you can jump in, but InfoBip, InfoBip, and, and we have a press release on this, so you can definitely go out and, and see this and find this. It's on social media. It's on our website, uh, with, with, you know, with a little bit more detail, but uh, so I'll just give that as a plug, but InfoBip was number one and they really excelled. So first of all, well, before I go into how they excelled, let me talk about their market share, right? Because that's the inclusion piece, right? So they are the second largest provider, right? They have the second largest market share, second to Twilio, right? So Twilio is number one in market share, but InfoBip had the second largest market share, right? So that was substantial. And then kind of where they where they excelled um, was on customer sentiment. They had the highest score possible on customer sentiment. So their customers are really happy. Right? They're really, really happy. They're, you know, no one else scored as high as InfoBip on customer sentiment. And so that really did um, give them give them an edge. They also scored the highest possible score. Someone, you know, another company also got this top score for the bus, customer business success. So their customers, InfoBip customers are having business success across a, a couple different metrics relative to everybody else. Um, they had above average market momentum, right? They, they weren't the highest market momentum, but they definitely had above average. Um, and then the other category, and, and I probably turn this over to Beth a little bit cause she, you know, Beth, you know this a little bit better, but they had the highest possible score on product mix. So they, you know, they, they, they were above and beyond anyone else on the product side. And so maybe Beth, you know, you want to touch a little bit on InfoBip and, and, um, you know, and where they are finding success in that way. Yeah, I mean, InfoBip is an interesting, I think, um, if anything surprised me, it was, I mean, I understood InfoBip was a strong CPAS provider, but um, that it came in number one, um, you know, that, that says a lot about what it's doing. Um, um, as you mentioned, product mix is a particular strength of it. It has, um, <clears throat> you know, it caters to global you know, businesses globally, right? And so it has got um, a, a really wide array of messaging APIs that it brings into its portfolio to support all of those, all of those markets, you know, whether it's the Asian market or the North American market or the European market. Um, it has a really strong building on top of those APIs. It has a really strong um, application solution set. Um, it's doing, and it, it's starting to do a lot with um, AI as well. Um, you know, probably a lot more, of companies. Probably, Beth, probably more on the messaging side than anyone else, right? They had the most comprehensive. I mean, I don't think anything stood out like, oh, they're the only one that has like one, you know, like Viber, for example, or WeChat or Apple Messages. But but if you looked at it in, in across the board, no one across had as board, many right. as they did. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah. they really um, chalked up a lot of points there. So, yeah. Um, um, and just, you know, just a, a real strong that they go after enterprises as well as um, smaller businesses. Um, you know, they have a, a good base among digital native companies. So it's really kind of a well-rounded um, global player for, for CPAS. And I think we'll start be hearing a lot more about um, InfoBIP going forward within North American market as well. That's one of their focuses. Yeah, because they haven't historically had the... Um... I guess maybe not presence isn't the right word, but maybe the awareness in North America, like some of the other companies have, right? But they've been very strong in right, Europe and Asia. Yeah. Right. They're European based. And yeah. uh, so North America is one of their focuses moving forward. Yeah. So, so it'll be exciting to see how, you know, how things progress for them in, um, in 2024. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I think, you know, we'll, we'll later talk about companies that didn't make the top 10 as ones to watch, but I think even the ones in, in this top 10 and someone like InfoBip, it's exciting to watch. Um, too, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. So number two on our list was Cisco. And that might be surprising for some, right? Because they are not um, a top five in market share, right? They're they're definitely much lower list lower on the list for market share. But where they excelled and what really, I'm going to just touch on a couple of things on what really kind of set them apart was number one, financial strength. They had the strongest financial strength of anybody on the list. They had the highest possible score. No one else had the highest score as they did. And that gave them a big boost. And we do, um, financial strength is not weighted the highest. We do weight certain categories, but it is still heavily weighted, right? So they have really strong financials. So that really gave them probably that that gave them the 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 biggest boost, but they also um uh, you know the other category worth noting while Infobip had the highest customer sentiment score, um Cisco and, and a couple others were right below them so well above average and 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 that really also gave Cisco a really good. I think, you know, jump, right? you know, from, from not a leading market share position, but um, financial strength coupled with really strong customer sentiment um, really was the, was the clincher for, for Cisco. Um, market momentum was average, you know, customer business success was average. They had, you know, above average product mix. So they're, they're definitely doing well on the product mix side, but really the, the financial strength and the, and the customers, right? The customers just really rating them highly. Yeah, we've seen, I mean, Cisco always kind of play, or not, I shouldn't say always, but, you know, they, they had API, um, you know, uh, API plans, development platforms. They really kind of kicked into higher gear when they acquired IMI Mobile. And I think within the last maybe two years, really the last year, we've really seen them sort of get kind of things clicking with, with the IMI, IMI Mobile team. Um, you know, now being WebEx Connect and um, bringing greater focus to the role that they want to play within Cisco, which is really all about sort of that customer engagement and supplementing what they do on the, the CCAS side. And I keep hearing, right, just, you know, just anecdotally, right, when, when you're out, we're out talking to to competitors of Cisco or like, you know, other players in the market and in and, and enterprises, Cisco's name keeps coming up, right, as someone that is they're showing up. Right. They're they're you know, they're in the enterprise deals. Right. And that's really where their strength is on the enterprise. Right. Versus maybe sure. standalone developers. Right. Like if I'm a standalone developer, or I'm a kind of a pure play company. I may not be using Cisco, but on the enterprise side, um, they're in there and they're always part of that, you know, that shortlist. 
it sounds like that's like that's yeah, what we're absolutely doing, right? so yeah so i think that yeah. will build into their momentum for 2024 yeah and one of their you know one of their they're, they're having um some success a bit of success with um their whole sort of branded messaging um idea and, and uh, allowing companies to have sort of a more uh, trusted and secure kind of relationship with their customers as they're sending them text messages with those branded messages. So that's one that's been one of their focuses, and I think they're they're uh, seeing some fairly good success there. Yeah. So that leads us to number three, which is Twilio, right? And Twilio has the number one market share. Okay, and and I think that's this is. Twilio is synonymous with CPaaS, right? I don't think anyone thinks CPaaS and they don't think Twilio, right? That is the the name that is always front and center when we think about this market. Um, yep, but, absolutely. Uh, one of those like original pure plays for uh, sure. A hundred percent, right? Like, um, and, and kind of, I, I, I mean, they weren't the only ones, right? There was absolutely other companies. They, I mean, th their strength was in North America. They were like a Wall Street darling, right? So so they definitely, you know, in terms of, you know, IPOs and, you know, they, they grew really fast. And But, you know, obviously we had companies like InfoBip that were, were plugging away and doing things like in Europe. And, and there was others that became acquired, right? So we had, we had a lot of activity elsewhere, but Twilio, I mean, just synonymous, right? And so then the, um, the other piece that um, I think is important to um, to really look at in terms of where they had their strength is in market momentum. They had the strongest market momentum score um, above and beyond anybody else. So they had really, they, you know, they, they, they not only were they the market share, which sometimes it's hard to have momentum when you're the largest, but they did. They, they continued to grow. Um, we'll see how it looks in 2024 when we, we get all the, the, the numbers here in the next few months. Um, but they were, um, you know, below average on market strength, or financial strength, which really, you know, which kind of, you know, you know, bumped them down a bit, right? They were just, you know, a little bit above average on product mix. They're they're right in there. They're not as high as Infobit, but they're right there with, like, you know, the Cisco's and a few others. Um, and then their the customer sentiment was, you know, just around average and a little bit below average for customer business success. Um, then there is Cinch. Um, they are number four and Cinch is a little bit different, right? Cause they, they've had some mergers and acquisitions for sure. They are the, um, the number two, no, no, sorry. Number three in terms of market share, right? After Twilio and InfoBip, um, Cinch had strong, really strong, um, financial strength. You know, they're not as strong as Cisco, but, but right below Cisco. So that really, really helped Cinch that gave them a, a really great, um, a great boost. They were average for market momentum, you know, above average kind of right where Cisco and, and Twilio were with product mix and um, customer business success. They, along with InfoBip, they had the, the highest second high, you know, they had the highest possible scoring for the, for customer business success. Um, and Beth, I don't know if you want to say anything about Cinch. Um, just that, you know, it really did I can't come, come out with a, a messaging strength and very similar trajectory as, as your Twilio's and your message words and other companies that are kind of moving into fuller platforms. Yeah. So then, um, I guess the, the, to round out the top five, right. And that would be Calera. Um, so Calera, um, you know, kind of a little bit lower on the list in terms of market share, right. They, they're a little bit ahead of Cisco, but we're kind of right in that same range as Cisco. 
um, a, you know, kind of average market strength, average market momentum. They were kind of, you know, right on the average for product mix and, um, and everything, right. They were like this. And so that, you know, you think about number five, right. That's kind of like the middle. right? And, um, and that's kind of how Calera was, right. They just, they, they executed, they were there, you know, they're right, you know, just maybe a little bit ahead of the game on financial strength, but, but kind of just right, right on, right on average. They were the, they were that typical average company in our scoring. And I guess that played out as number five. Um, and maybe there's some interesting things going on with Calera that you, Beth, I'll let you touch on. Sure. Yeah. Um, we'll be definitely watching Calera. I mean, that company it, itself came out of the Italian, uh, really strong, uh, history with Italian banking system, providing messaging services kind of grew through acquisition. It, um, uh, Calera itself was acquired in, uh, last fall by Tata Communications. And so we'll be kind of watching to see what Tata uh, does with Calera, kind of supplementing what it had already been offering with CPASS. Um, and that takes us through the top five. And Diane, we just have a, one or two minutes left, I think. So we really should probably just kind of talk quickly about um, the rest of the providers. Um, we have 8bay8. Alibaba, Bandwidth, Nessusberg, and Bonage round out the list. Um, anything you'd like to share on those? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, when you look at that list, right, they're very different kind of companies, right? 8x8 is definitely a, you know, UCAS, CCAS, you know, the, the AS, and, you know, and Vonage now is part of Ericsson, very large um, vendor and um, with a, with a big focus on the, the CPAS piece, and especially marrying that up with Ericsson specialty and networks and, um, and and carriers around the world and and Alibaba, obviously their strength in China and in Asia. So yep. so really, I, I think the takeaway when I look at the top five, and even when I think about we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this real fast at the end is, is who else to watch, is that going to CPAS if you are an enterprise or if you're a developer, you know, on the API side is that the path is not always so clear on who you're going to use and why the vendor you, you decide to go to, right? So I think it's, you know, if you are a buyer in evaluating, you know, there's lots of very, very different options. And so one size may not fit perfectly for you, but you're likely to find someone that does because they are coming from different disciplines. And depending on what your needs are, you're likely to find a good provider. So... Absolutely. Um, you mentioned others that we're watching. Let me just quickly go through those and then we can wrap up. We've got um, we've got three on our watch list. And, and as Diane said earlier, you know, all of the top 10 deserve close watching. And, and there's so many other players that, you know, who, who knows where we'll end up last year. But three I'll mention are Gupshup. Um, they are um, out of the Indian market providing messaging services. You know, they have evolved into, um, you know, a larger offering with a conversational engagement platform um, and, and grown globally as well. So they're, they're on our radar. Um, we also have another pure play on the list. That's Plevo. Um, they, too, have evolved out of um, a messaging API business, um, and they are starting to roll out application solutions as well, particularly for customer service support. Um, and then customer, uh, I'm sorry, customer service teams. Um, and like some of the others on this list, Plevo owns its own network infrastructure, so that gives it an advantage as well. Then the last company that we're watching is Cineverse, um, and they, uh, Cineverse has a heritage in providing mobile and telecom services. 
Um, so mobile messaging is one of its strengths, and um, but it is increasingly tar targeting the enterprise buyer. Um, so um, we'll we'll be keeping our eye on those guys. Yeah, I would just um, to, you know to, to Beth maybe to wrap up right um, is that there's a lot more details on this report as I had referenced right that we have on the website. It's on our social media. You can find it on LinkedIn and X. Um, I would say we are working on doing these metro ranks again in 2024. Um, we already have, um, get, you know, we're, we're getting ready to launch our customer experience um, metricast study, right? Which will help us, you know, update, for, you know, on the forecasting and the metro ranks. So, you know, I think what, we have a lot of great stuff coming out again in 2024, and um, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to tracking and seeing how all of these companies that we've been evaluating kind of fare as we go forward. Yeah, absolutely. You have a busy year ahead of you. <laughs> um, so thanks, um, Diane. It's been fun talking about. It's been fun working with you on this report and great to kind of recap it for our listeners today. Um, and listeners, if you do want any more information on our MetroCast service in general or the CPAS MetroRank, please go to www.metrog.com and you can find out information there. As always, we're happy to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can use the contact button on our site as well. And um, that's all for now. So on behalf of uh, myself, Diane, and the rest of the Metrogy team, goodbye till next time. Take care, everybody.